Abundance of love, abundance of grace. Now to that cross, you took my place. Oh God, you paid my ransom. My ransom. Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church. Loving God, loving people. Now, here's Pastor Scott. Opening text is going to be in Matthew 11. If you have your Bibles, turn there. But I want you to receive the word of the Lord. That's going to require active listening on your part. That's going to require pulling on heaven on your part. That's going to require faith that God is alive. Does anybody agree with that? It's going to require faith that God can speak to his children. Listen to what the Bible says in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Then Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you, is light. I want to preach to you this morning from a sermon titled, Is It Hard for You to Get Close to God? Let me say it again. Is it hard for you to get close to God? Pray with me. God, thank you for your word. God, thank you for your spirit that teaches us and guides us into all truth. God, I pray you be our teacher today by your spirit from your word. God, teach us what you'd have us to know. Lord, I pray that eyes would be open today and lives would be changed forever in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to talk to you this morning about what I believe to be the ultimate fulfillment of the life that the Creator has given you. Your greatest purpose is not to discover a cure to anything. Your greatest purpose is not to make X amount of dollars. Your greatest purpose is not to be uh, the, the leader on your job. The greatest purpose for every human being ever born on this planet is to know God. To know God intimately. Paul said that uh, of everything that he held dear. The one thing he wanted most was to know God. Now, the funny thing about reading that on a cursory level is nobody knew God at that time as, as well as Paul did. No, nobody was as close to God at that time as Paul. But he wasn't talking about just knowing him. He wasn't talking about just puppy love. He wasn't talking about just an introduction. He was talking about a deep, intimate, abiding love. He used the same word uh, in, in that sentence, to know him, that was used by God in Genesis when the Bible says that Adam knew Eve. That, that word know is, is a word that means to be intertwined intimately, to be all wrapped up in, to be close to, to have breath on you from. I don't know when the last time you felt God breathing on you was, but that's what you need. You need to be so close to God that you can sense Him. I've talked to people about prayer time should literally be God's children crawling up in their father's lap and listening to Him and talking to Him and feeling the tangible embrace of God. And I, I see people's eyes glass over when I say that. 
and, and they don't get it and they don't understand it because they've never had that experience. But I'm going to try to pinpoint today some reasons why these things can be difficult. In Matthew 11, the text we just read, verse 28, Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. I, I wonder how many people in the room this morning qualify in that group. I, I qualify. Let me start with me. Uh, if you are living this life at any level above a coma, you're going to get weary from carrying heavy burdens. If you get, listen, if you have to get out and deal with human beings, I've told y'all before, my, my real desire, if I could just have it my way, if, if my life just turned into a Burger King saga where I could have it my way, I would be a monk in a cave with a Bible and total solitude. Because here's the thing, it's easy to deal with God, but it's tough to deal with people. Because especially if you're dealing with God, because when people find out you're dealing with God, they want to mess you up and wreck you up. Anybody know what I'm talking about? But, but Jesus said, if you're weary and, and you're carrying heavy burdens, then you should come to him because he said, I'll give you rest. I've been telling y'all for years, what most people need is not a new drug for social anxiety. It's, it's not a new pill for depression and all these other diseases they make up. It wasn't enough for kids to be hyperactive because their parents wouldn't beat them. They, they, they had to put a different name on it and, 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 and call it um, ADD. And then that, that, all the drugs sold out for that, so they you know, threw some more initials on it, ADHD. Listen, throwing extra initials on stuff don't, don't make it any better. I already told y'all they were going to keep adding them. They added another one this month. It used, to just, it used to just be gay and lesbian. Then it became the LGBT because you, you had to rep lesbians and gays. Uh, but let's, let's, don't, let's don't leave out bisexuals. And then let, for God's sake, what about the transgender? You got to throw them in that group too. Uh, well, then they added F. You can't even say the F word. You, you, they, they outlawed, the homosexual community outlawed the word faggot in America, but now they've added it to LGBTQF, uh, and now they added I last month. And I don't even know what the I stands for yet because it's too new. But it was on the Florida Times Union or, or on the Jacksonville.com website yesterday. Uh, adding letters to stuff is not the answer for what ails us. Getting closer to God is the answer for what ails us. Getting closer to God is the real purpose in life. But Jesus promises this, us this rest. Jesus promises rest to a specific group of people. You got to be weary and you have to have heavy burden. If you don't know how weary you are, uh, I, I'm, I'm going to ask you to do two things. Number one, look in the mirror. Won't that give you a real visual right there? Uh, or, or be honest about how you really are feeling on the inside. If you're living, you qualify for being weary and having heavy burden. Now, obviously, some people are more weary. Obviously, some people have heavier burdens. But he didn't say you have to be the most weary person in the room for me to give you rest. He just said you have to come to me with your weariness. You have to come to me with your burdens. I, I've been saying for years what we need more than anything is not the right politician in office, not, not the right political landscape 
in the country because God's in charge of everything, no matter who's saying what in Washington. But what the average Christian needs more than anything is just a couple of days of good sleep. Imagine the change your life would be. What if nobody bothered you for three days? What if nobody just, just issued you up for three days? What if for three days you got eight hours worth of sleep and just woke up fully rested and was bothered by nobody and got eight hours of sleep again, woke up fully charged and was bothered by nobody? Listen, if we could just get about three good days of rest, change the world. Well, if we follow Scripture, we can get a lifetime of rest. If we walk in what God tells us to walk in. He, but, but he tells us it, it, it's not just a qualifier of understanding your weariness and your heavy burdens that allow you to come to him. Uh, verse 29, he said that you have to take his yoke on you. Now, here's where people lose it. Uh, if, if I say, hey, everybody come up front that wants to get $20, then a lot of people might come up front to get $20 if they believed I was really going to hand it out to them. Um, but if I said, now, to do that, you're going to have to take my yoke on you. Uh, you're going to have to go, go work and in, 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 in do some things. Then people will be like, nah, I ain't signing up for that. I, I, I just want everything free. I want everything handed to me. That is not kingdom principle. Handouts are not kingdom mentality. Uh, promises come with qualifiers. And, and the qualifier says, okay, you can get this rest, but you got to take my yoke on you. The next thing he says, let me, t oh, I wish we had the screens up so you can see where the punctuation is. If you don't have your Bible, always pay attention to the punctuation when you're reading anything. It'll help you digest it and get it in one bite at a time where you can get it down. He said, take my yoke on you, period. That's a big statement. Now, see, Farming people, agricultural people in this time, day and age, they understood what a yoke was. They understood a yoke was something you put around the neck and shoulders of an animal. This is a double yoke Jesus is talking about. He's saying you got to get yoked up with me. Now, if you study yoking, if you study animals, if you study what yokes did, a double yoke did, they always put a stronger animal with a weaker animal. Now, if you're in a yoke with Jesus, who, who's stronger? If you could just believe that, life would change for you. If you could believe that Jesus was big and able, then you wouldn't be so fearful and worried all the time. But they would put a weaker animal in with a stronger animal because weaker animals, are ten, they, they tend to go off course. Anybody understand that in our own lives? Uh, immature Christians tend to go off course. Even mature Christians will go off course. But the cool thing about being yoked up with a strong, mature animal is when the weaker animal would try to veer off course, it was locked in at the neck with the stronger animal that would just keep them on course, even if it meant dragging, kicking, and screaming. How many of y'all ever been drugged, kick, kicking, and screaming by God? It's, I thank God for a short rain, a short chain on my life, on times where I've wandered away. Whoa! He will yank a knot in my neck, and I thank God that he won't let me get too far from the path. Amen? If God lets you stray too far from the path, you might not be in this thing to win this thing. That's a different message for a different time, but I'll keep moving. you got to 
take his yoke. Then he said, let me teach you, comma. So if you were looking at that on the screen, I'll tell you, pause on that comma. You got to let him teach you. Jesus is the greatest teacher that ever lived. Everybody understands that. Even cults and false religions understand the greatness of our Lord's teaching, but everybody's not willing to be taught. There's a qualifier to be taught. You have to be, somebody give, give, give me the word, you have to be what? Teachable. Let me ask you this morning, are you teachable? See, now don't realize we're prone to think more highly of ourselves than we should. That's why the Bible tells us not to think more highly of ourselves than we should. I, I, I'll give you the best way, or, or, or maybe not the best way, but a sure way to find out if you're teachable. Are your children teachable? Because they're just like you. Pastor, pray for me. My, ch my, my child drives me crazy. They're just hard-headed. Huh. wonder where they got that from. They're just stubborn. Hmm, they're just mouthy. Mm. They're just lazy. Well, my daughter's just kind of fast. Hmm. Oh, y'all, let me keep, y'all don't, don't want to be honest. Listen, let, let's keep going. You, Jesus said, let me teach you. Here, here, when I read stuff, I really try to get it in my head and in my spirit. And so I think about these words, and I meditate on these words. And as I meditated on the Lord Jesus Christ saying, let me teach you. That, that's awesome, weird, and sad all at the same time. It's awesome that Jesus would be willing to teach us. Can anybody say amen? It's weird that he would want to teach us, us being us. You know you, right? The fact that Jesus would single you out. If you went to a conference that you cared about and, and the head speaker of the conference just came over and said, you know what, just something about you I like, I wonder if you'd just let me be your personal teacher through the rest of this conference. Oh, you'd be selfie. You'd want to take a selfie with that person. You'd be social media in that thing. You'd be all excited. Oh, the best teacher in the room wants to, listen, Jesus wants to teach you. But you got to put that yoke on. You got to be connected to him. You got to be locked in with him and you got to go where he goes. But he says this He said, I'm humble and gentle at heart. Now, think, you got to understand. The primary way to understand scripture is to understand it as it was written, to whom it was written. It, it, this was written to people that understood animals, understood agriculture, understood farming, understood yokes. Uh, they, they knew what that double yoke was. They knew that Jesus was going to be the stronger one to keep them on path. But they also know if you put a really immature, stubborn ox in a double yoke with a strong, violent, hard-reacting ox, that little ox might get his neck snapped. Because he tried to pull away too hard, that, that big man snap him right back in and create pain. But listen to what type of guide, listen to what type of teacher that God wants us to be yoked up with. Someone who is humble and gentle. Jesus said, in this process you'll find rest for your souls because his yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. Oh, I wish you could see this. On the screen, people on TV, people on radio, 
preaching, most of them telling lies. You know they're telling lies if it's all fantasy fairy tales and unicorns. If it's all rainbows and feel good, it's just lies. Because that story's not in the Bible anywhere. All these people that follow Jesus, the Bible says all that follow him shall suffer persecution. The Bible teaches all these people that follow him, they all died martyrs' deaths. But we got liars on radio and TV now saying, come to Jesus and your bank account will get bigger. Maybe, maybe not. Come to Jesus and you'll have more friends. Maybe, maybe not. You're going to lose some stuff along the way. He, he didn't say, if you come to me, that you won't have to wear a yoke. Listen, I, I, I got good news and I got bad news for you. I, I'll give you the bad news first. You're going to be yoked up to something. Something in life is going to be wrapped around your neck, pulling you, dragging you, directing you, driving you in a direction. That, that, that's the bad news. The good news is you get to choose whether it's the Lord or not the Lord. Uh, but there's still a yoke. These people on TV saying, you know, just come to God. And he's going to give you double for your trouble. You might get double trouble. He might give you double trouble for your trouble. The Bible says that God takes one up and puts another one down. In this generation, preachers want to say, if you get a promotion, it's God, and if you get a demotion, it's the devil. That's not what the Scripture says. The Bible says it's God that elevates one and, and brings another one down. And I've told you before, whether you're moving up, down, or sideways, as long as God is the one directing you, it's all a blessing. So there's still a yoke, say yoke. He said, my yoke is easy to bear. That's in contrast to the hardness of the world. And you're either yoked up to God or you're yoked up to the world. He said, and the burden I give you is light. Oh, if we had this on the screen, you would be able to see that that word, the burden I give you is light. Does God give you a burden? Yes, he does. The burden he gives us is light. People want all blessing with no burden. Is that Christianity to anybody? To some it is, but not to people who really follow the Bible. There's a yoke and there's a burden, but it's better. Say better. You're going to be bossed around by somebody. I'd rather be told what to do by God. The God who's gentle. The God who's humble. The God who's loving. The God whose direction I need to go in. So Jesus says, come to me. That's how he starts all of this passage, but there's another passage of Scripture I want us to look at this morning that shows a group of people, actually five groups of people, that have real difficulty coming to God. And I want us to see ourselves in this text this morning. These are people who, the Scripture says, can't even enter in to the congregation of the Lord. You're going to have to really lock in, say lock in. Because this is an Old Testament passage, and what I'm going to do with it this morning is something different than what I normally do. What I normally do is read the Scripture, take it phrase by phrase, and cause it to make sense. Read it as it was written, to whom it was written, using a verse-by-verse, verse, phrase-by-phrase, line-upon-line, precept-upon-precept hermeneutic, which is known as an Augustinian style. What I'm going to do this morning is take you in an Alexandrian style, which is to take Scripture and try to draw out something that can currently relate to us, And I want you to follow along with me because I want us to see a present truth in the application of this text. Five types of people. Say five. 
In Deuteronomy chapter 23, if you got your Bible, turn there. Deuteronomy chapter 23. You, you, you can find it. Keep looking. No shame in the table of context. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, what? That has to be there. In chapter 23, verse 1, listen to this wild. Say wild. This is wild. You're never going to forget this sermon. You're never going to forget this sermon. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 23, 1, he that is wounded in the stones or has his private member cut off shall not enter into the congregation of the Lord. We're going to get to that in a minute. Verse 2 says, a bastard shall not enter into the congregation of the Lord. Even to his tenth generation, he shall not enter into the congregation of the Lord. Verse 3 says, an Ammonite or a Moabite shall not enter into the congregation of the Lord. Even to their tenth generation, shall they not enter into the congregation of the Lord forever. Because they met you not with bread and with water in the way when you came forth out of Egypt, and because they hired against you Balaam, the son of Beor, of Pethor of Mesopotamia, to curse you. Now, as we look at this lesson, we're going to look at the Word, and we're going to see these five different groups of people and how they relate to us today. And the phrase that continues to appear for these five groups of people is, they cannot enter into the congregation of the Lord. Now, theologians and scholars disagree on what this means. Some believe it's, it's only specific to the nation of Israel. Some believe it's church life. Some believe it's political life. Some believe there's a national representation there. But what I want us to see, is, uh, what this phrase, enter into the congregation of the Lord, is intimacy. Say intimacy. See, the Lord is in the congregation. If it's the congregation of the Lord, can we believe God is there? Makes sense. If you can't even get into the congregation where the Lord is, would it make sense that you can't get close to where he is? Because we're talking about getting close to God this morning, and I want you to find yourself in one of these groups that probably apply to most people in the room. Because if you can't go to where he is, then you can't get close to him. And that's a bad thing. Say bad. But there are people in churches everywhere today, all across the world, and in this room that fit into some of these five categories. And I want you to find yourself in this text this morning. Let's get back into Deuteronomy 23.1. He that is wounded in his stones. Uh, so the first group of people are those who are wounded in their stones. Now realize when the Bible says uh, men or he... Many times it's not being gender specific. When the Bible talks about man, it, many times it's talking about human. It's not always being gender specific. And I don't want you to get gender specific on some of this stuff this morning because if you don't understand what being wounded in stones are, you got to understand what stones are first. Let me just say, in the natural, only men have stones. This is why this whole gender fluid world makes no sense. This is why this whole pick what gender you want to be makes no sense. Uh, be, be, because when you come out of your mama, they look in one region. Stones. Boy. No stones. Girl. I'm going to need you to sit down, brother. Okay. All right. Thank you. Stones is a boy. No stones is a what? All right, so in the natural, it looks like it's talking to just men, but in the application, we're going to see that this could apply to anyone, say anyone. 
if you're wounded in your stones, the Bible says you can't come into the congregation of the Lord. Now, I already told you, you got to get the understanding. Men have stones. Women don't. But women can have this type of metaphor going on in their life. Think about stones. Now, we're not talking about rocks. We're talking about man stones. Say man stones. I told you you're never going to forget this message. Uh, man stones are easily wounded. Any brother want to say amen to that? You, you don't even have to hit a real man. It just even covering up right away. Just like, no, covering up right away. They're easily wounded. And the Bible says if you've been wounded in your stones, you can't come into the congregation of the Lord. And some of you are thinking, what are you talking about? How can that apply to us? Some people in this room haven't been wounded in their stones. Some people don't even have stones. But here's the application. When a man gets kicked in his stones, he becomes defensive, he becomes protective around people. And listen, a defensive, protective posture does not avail itself to intimacy. Can you follow that? A defensive posture, a protection of where you've been hurt does not open itself up to intimacy, to embrace the Bible says we got to love God and love people. You can't qualify for that. You can't enter into where God is if you're protecting your pain. Are you following me? Uh, too busy covering up to let anybody get close. Uh, it, that type of person can't be intimate with God or people. He can't enter into the congregation of the Lord. He can't get to where God is. Let me say this. If you've been hurt before, especially by people, you didn't think we're going to hurt you. You probably have a protective posture. Now, you, you, can, you can relate it to this and, and, and talk about uh, a man in, in his stones, uh, wounded in his stones. I guarantee you that dude's got a protective posture. I guarantee you this. Some of y'all played on the church softball team. Some of you played softball. Some of you played baseball, different sports. Listen, if, if you ever showed up to a baseball event and you weren't wearing your protective stone piece of plastic that we've commonly referred to as a what a cup and you catch a bounce in the stones you'll never forget that cup again you will you will live the rest of your life with a defensiveness toward your wounding now that is in a very natural very blunt kind of way I want you to know whether you've ever caught a bad bounce there or not everybody in this room has been wounded in a sensitive part at some time in their life. If you've lived past three days old, you, you've, you understand that this has happened. And if you're walking around with a protective posture, let me give it to you in a different way that you can relate to in 2019. People put walls up when they've been hurt. People put walls up so they don't, they're not able to get close to anybody else because of these walls that are put up. I just need to get a drink. <laughs> Let me just give y'all a warning. The last place you really want to try some stuff is this little church right here.
too many, too many people carrying guns in this room. Too many, too many, too many men. I thank God for for every every woman in the church, every child in the church. Uh, we've got something unique in our church. We 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 got a group of strong, godly Christian men that love God and still come to church on Sunday and Wednesday. Don't let don't get distracted. See, the devil wants you to be distracted right now and miss out. People put walls up, walls of protection. You think that are helping you, but they're not helping you. They're hurting you. They're keeping the people that love you and are ordained by God to love you from getting close to you. And they're keeping you from getting close to God. In, in Deuteronomy 23.1, it says, He that's wounded in his stones, or, say or. That means there's more. It's about to get gooder. Uh, well, not, I mean, hard. Ew. Or has his private member cut off. I couldn't bring myself to read that to you this morning in the New Living Translation because it is just it, it just says the word. And I'm like, I'm going to go with private member, okay? Uh, but if you have your private member cut off, you can't enter it. Listen, this is what they used to do. They used to not let you come to church if you were wounded in your stones or if you had your private member cut off. Now, a couple of reasons why. It was, it was a, uh, a pagan practice. Parents would mutilate their children's genitalia. And then you see that, you know, oh, you come from a bad family. We don't want you in our church. That, that ain't just 2019 stuff. That's been going on forever. But I've told you all before, uh, it's so funny when I hear people sing these songs about I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord than, than, than a president of my own mansion. Listen, the doorkeeper job... Well, it was a horrible job for sure because the doorkeeper was the man that told everybody he hadn't done this to before. Come on, let's see it. Up with that robe, brother. You got to prove it to get in this building. Now, thank God we, hey, I'm, we're not under that anymore. <laughs> Hallelujah. But that's what the door checker had to do. He had to make sure that there was no mutilation and that they had the sign of circumcision as their covenant to God in their flesh. Now, there's a bunch of reasons why they wouldn't let these, these wounded eunuchs, if a man, even if a man fought in war and, 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 and was mutilated, like, you can't come in here. One, they were protecting their daughters from falling in love with men that couldn't give them grandchildren. I mean, read, read commentaries. You'll find out lots of different reasons why. But, but I'm going to take it to a present-day application. Uh, it, hopefully you understand what a man's private member is. It says if, if you had that cut off, you cannot come into the congregation of the Lord. Now, we probably don't have anybody in the room like that today. Uh, I, I, if, if you are, I feel bad for you. But we probably don't have anybody like that in the natural. But spiritually, I believe we got a whole bunch of people in the room that have had their private member cut off. Men and women. You say, Pastor, you're just so crazy with this. Let me explain it to me. Now, it's one thing to have your stones wounded. It's a whole different level to have your thing cut off. Okay? But here's the deal. I told you being wounded in your stones can be a metaphor for having someone had hurt you, someone having hurt you to the point where you've put up defensive walls and a protective posture to the point where you don't embrace others openly and you don't even embrace. See, because once you stop embracing people, it's going to be almost impossible for you to embrace God. 
That's why God said, if you can't love people that you see, it's impossible for you to love a God that you can't see. I know people who are mean as the devil to every human being in the world but claim they love God on a deep level. This, this, it doesn't work this way. Um, but this takes church hurt to a whole new level. This takes uh, wounding to a whole new level. When people have been so hurt, listen, that they become unable to reproduce spiritually. You know, the Bible says if you study creation, you'll find out that God put us here to be fruitful and multiply. He put birds on the planet and told them to reproduce after their own kind. He put fish on the planet told them to reproduce after their own kind. Birds are supposed to reproduce birds. Fish are supposed to reproduce fish. Cows are supposed to reproduce cows. And Christians are supposed to reproduce. We ought to be making other Christians. We ought to be involved in evangelism. Our life ought to be causing other people to want to get involved in this uh, born-again lifestyle that we call Christianity. But when you have had your private member cut off, you can't reproduce anymore. And there are people in this room that have been hurt so bad by life, by others, by situations, by circumstance, that they are no longer functional as a reproducing Christian. This is a bad place to be in because it's a place of wounding it's a place of constant realization of wounding and it's a place where you definitely will not be able to enjoy the closeness of God that he designed you to be in in verse 2 of Deuteronomy 23 it goes on to a different group it says a bastard should not enter into the congregation of the Lord so the third group are bastards they can't enter into the congregation of the Lord. Now, that's a, that's a harsh word. That's a harsh term. I'm just quoting it out of the Bible. Uh, but in the natural, a bastard is someone who's an illegitimate child of the father, someone who doesn't know who their daddy is, somebody who's in a family but not really connected that kind of way, someone being raised in a house who's not allowing the father to be a father is someone who won't take correction. Hebrews 12, 8 says that if you don't take correction from God, then you're not a legitimate child of God. You're a bastard and not a son of God. So people who won't take correction, according to the Bible, or people who don't have a real relationship with the father cannot enter in to the congregation of the Lord. Let me tell you who I'm talking to this morning in this third category. Anybody who's not really born again, God is not your father. People think that we're all children of God by birth. We're, no one is a child of God by birth. We're only the children of God by being born again. The Bible says we're the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. When Jesus was walking on the planet, he talked to people in two different groups. He talked to people whose father was God and said, pray our father. He talked to people whose father was God and he said, my father and your father. But he talked to a different group of people on the earth who weren't following him. And he said, you're the children of the devil. Your father is the devil. And you long to do what he wants you to do. So this group of people who, this third group of bastards, they're people whose father is not God. And it's evidenced by the fact they don't willingly take correction. Now see, my children will take all the correction in the world from me. And they should even take correction from you. Because they've been taught to respect everyone. But there's a difference in how a child will take correction from their daddy versus somebody else's daddy. Are you following me? There's a relationship there that is evidenced when correction comes forth. You want to know if you're a bastard or not, how correctable are you? 
You want to know if you have a real connection to God? How correctable are you? See, this, this is why I don't believe that most of the megachurches in America are raising up true followers of God because they teach, and I've been to their conferences, don't preach on sin. Don't have altar calls. Don't tell anybody what they're doing is wrong. I had a pastor of one of the largest churches in America tell me, oh, don't ever preach on, make somebody feel like they might be doing something wrong. They get beat up by the world all week long. Our job is to make them feel good when they come in. That ain't in the Bible. Now, it's not my job to make you feel bad, but it's my job to tell you the truth. And the truth is the same father that congratulates you for the good things, will discipline you for the bad things. Your proof text, again, here's your bastard test. You, 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 want, you want to be a certified bastard checker? Here's your checker test. Find out who willingly takes correction. Because the scripture says that a wise person takes correction. That a wise person can be corrected and grow from it. But if you, the Bible says if you correct a wise person, they'll love you. But if you correct a fool, they'll hate you. The Bible says a fool is someone who said there is no God. So a bastard is somebody who can't take correction. They won't, they won't receive correction from the Lord. They don't have a relationship with God. And anybody that tries to correct, who are you? Or who is you? Or who you is? Or who you think you is? He's a man just like, I'm so tired of people saying, He's a man just, 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 just like me. Uh, we ain't the same kind of man. Not if you got that attitude. Well, he put his pants on one leg at a time just like I do. I already told y'all, nobody in this room knows how I put my pants on. <laughs> nobody. I might suspend them on wires across the room, bounce off my king-size bed, do a triple somersault, and bam, land in them. Ain't nobody in this room to say different. You don't know. You don't know what someone does when you're not watching. That's how I had my children convinced I could fly until they were teenagers. Because I told them, I only fly when no one's looking. <laughs> How can you argue with that? If you don't take care, if you're one of those, hmm, ain't nobody going to tell me what to do. I, I just don't want to just put it on alert and just say the word, bleep, 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 bleep. But that's what you are, according to the scripture. And you can't be close to God. Lost people can never be close to God. Well, what if they try their best? There ain't nothing in the Bible that says try your best and you'll be saved. There's nothing in the Bible that says be a good person and you'll get close to God. Jesus said that he is the door. He's the only way to get in. He said, I'm the only way, the truth, the life. No one can come to God except by me. So everybody can't get close to God. Wounded people, they can't get close to God. Spiritually non-functioning people because they're so wounded. They can't get close to God anymore, and that's sad. Because these are people, these first two groups of people are people who have been close to God before. Before they got wounded. Before they got a protective posture. Before they became spiritually dysfunctional and stopped reproducing and living as effective Christians. This third group, they, they have no hope because they don't even know God, so they certainly can't get close 
to God and they prove that they don't know God because they're unwilling to take correction. We've never had a generation that was less willing to take correction than we have right now in America. This is the most uncorrectable, rebellious, hateful, ignorant group of people that have ever existed on this planet. 11 and 12-year-olds shooting each other because he disrespected me. You ain't old enough to be respected. I believe we should respect everybody. Uh, respect needs to be earned by children. Okay? Come in acting crazy, and then somebody tell you you're acting crazy, and you shoot them? This did not exist before. Look, look, 11-year-old kids didn't walk around 100 years ago in America saying, Try me if you want to. I kill you. Uh, no, because grandmama had long arms back then. Long enough. And if they didn't, they'd pick something up. This generation of bastards we're dealing with in America today that won't be corrected have no hope to be intimate with God because they won't do what the Scripture says you got to do to get close to the Lord. Let me move on. Verse Three in Deuteronomy 23 says an Ammonite or a Moabite. Now, we probably don't have any Ammonites in the room. We probably don't have any Moabites in the room. But we're not looking literal. We're looking figurative this morning. These two groups can't enter into the congregation of the Lord, even to their 10th generation. Shall they not enter into the congregation of the Lord forever? Because they met you not with bread and with water in the way when you came forth out of Egypt and because they hired Balaam against you to curse you. Okay, so the Ammonite, fourth group. Say Ammonite. An Ammonite can't come into the congregation of the Lord. Now, there are probably no uh, biological, natural Ammonites in the room, but we're talking about figurative Ammonites in the room, and there's a bunch of them in this room right now. Ammonites in, in the way they act. The Scripture says in verse 4, well, what did the Ammonites do that's wrong? Okay, well, the wounded people, they, they're not given to intimacy. The one that can't spiritually reproduce, they can't do intimacy. The, the, the uncorrectable bastard that ain't saved can't do intimacy with God. Uh, what, what, what's wrong? What did the Ammonites do that prevent them from being able to enter into the congregation of the Lord? They were unsupportive, they were ungiving, and they were unfriendly. How do I know that they were unsupportive, ungiving, unfriendly? Because the reason God said they can't come close to me is because they brought no bread and they brought no water. They weren't. When, when the people of God were leaving Egypt and they were marching and they came across these people, it was the duty of citizens on that day to be hospitable. And they were not. They weren't friendly and they gave nothing. They, they were ungiving, they were unsupportive, and they were unfriendly. You want to know why some people never feel like they're sitting in the lap of God? Why some people never feel a tangible touch of God? Why some people never really feel a closeness? Some of y'all wish so bad that you, some of y'all are wondering, are, are these people that pretend to be so close to God, are they faking it, or could that ever really be me? Listen, the reason why you're stuck in that place, one of two things. Either you're not really saved, you need to get saved so you can get there, or you need to stop being such an Ammonite. You need to unammonite yourself. You need to get to a place where you are a giving, supportive, friendly person. Because if you are ungiving, if you are unsupportive, and you are unfriendly to God's people, God says, you can't get close to me. You can't even come in my building. 
You can't even enter into the congregation of the Lord with no bread and no water. People that don't give can't get close to God. People that don't support the work of God can't get close to God. And people who aren't friendly toward the move of God, because this was millions of people moving through the desert. They came upon Ammon, and the Ammonites gave them no bread. They gave them no water. And for that reason, because they were unsupportive, ungiving, and unfriendly, they couldn't come in. You say, well, how, how, can, how can you tell? This, this is the easiest check of all. I choose not to. I know some pastors that, that look at the weekly giving report. I choose, I've, I've probably looked at a giving report once in the last 10 years. I don't want to know on, on a regular basis who's giving what because, listen, some people, for some preachers, it calls them to suck up to the rich people. My personality calls me to distance them from them because I don't want them to think I can be bought. Okay, you can listen to two of my messages and know I can't be bought. I, I'm not here to win friends and influence people. I'm not here to pat you on the back and kiss babies and win a popularity contest. I'm here to teach you the truth, to equip you with the tools to be the champion that God created you to be. But the easiest check of all five of these groups is the Ammonite check because we got a, we got a, a software system that tracks giving. Not so I can look at it because I choose not to, but so you can get a record of it at the end of the year. You say, well, you can't tell how much I love the Lord by how much I give. Sure, sure, sure. People spend money on what they love. Well, I, I just don't know if I believe that. Well, let me just give you a chapter and verse then so you can be mad at the Bible. Matthew 6, 21 says, where your treasure is is where your heart is. What you love, you spend money on. You find somebody, you find, you, you find that, that, that sister that's always dressed to the nines. I'm talking about got, got the shoes and, 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 and the belt and the matching accessories. Listen, she likes fashion. You, 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 find, you find a man that is willing to wear blue jeans and shoes that look like that, you find a man that likes shoes. You can tell, you find somebody walking around, always got, got shirts on. So, sometimes they say Miami. Sometimes they say, do you? You know they love hurricane football. Why they can't love hurricane swimming? Because they ain't no good at swimming. And it's been a minute since they've been good at football. But you spend money on what you love. And people who aren't giving can't get close to God. See, you can't change the fact that somebody hurt you, wounded you in a private place. You can respond to it better. You can't change the fact that you're so wounded that it shuts you down. You can respond to it better. You can change not being a legitimate child to the Father by getting saved and accepting His correction. You can change your Ammonite ways by becoming more supportive, more giving. You can bring bread and water. And you're like, well, I'll bring a piece of bread and I'll pour you some water out of the church hose. No, their bread and their water that they wouldn't give to God's people kept them from being intimate with the Lord. The Moabite can't come into the congregation of the Lord. Verse, the end part of verse 4 says they hired Balaam to curse the people of God, to talk bad about them and to slow down the movement. 
Listen, you like, I'm not born to the tribe of Moab. You're a figurative Moab that can't come into the congregation of the Lord. If you're talking bad about God's people, or you're trying to slow down God's work in any way. And I'm going to tell you something. There's always that in every church. And that's sad. That's why I tell you, uh, church, I love church. I love being in church. I thank God for church. Best people I ever met were in church. The worst people I ever met were in church too. So it all balances out. But coming to church won't necessarily save you. you got to have an intimate, personal relationship with Jesus Christ. If all this is to you is just showing up to Sunday, go to meeting, then all, all that type of deal can do for you is to clutter your calendar and to get people bad-mouthing you. you. You know why there's so many weird people in church? You ever wonder why there's so many weird people in church? I'm going to give you the answer. Because we let anybody show up. You, you, you know, hey, everybody can't hang out with the cool kids. You know why? They will snub you. Everybody can't hang out at the happening club. You know why? Because they will badmouth you to your face and throw drinks on you. Everybody can't hang out in the coolest areas. But if, if, if you don't fit that role, if you don't dress that role, you're not going to be accepted in that role. Now, churches, bad churches. Ungodly churches, click-driven churches, church where you got to dress right, drive right, talk right, and look right, they will snub you to your face. But even Holy Ghost churches with solid Bible teaching will have people talking about you behind your back. Why? Because they got that Moab spirit. They got that spirit of talking bad about the people of God. They got that spirit of not being about what God's people are about listen to what the bible says in james chapter 4 verse 11 do not speak evil against one another oh comma i wish that was on the screen because you know that commas cause to pause and you got to take the bible in bite-sized pieces do not speak evil of one another this is the command of the lord if you speak evil of any christian being then you are messing with a moab Spirit, and if you mess with that Moab spirit, then you're not going to be able to get close with God. So there you got five groups who can't be close to God. Number one, people who are hurt. Number two, people are hurt to the point where they stopped functioning. Number three, people who won't take correction and be saved. Number four, unsupportive, unforgiving, unfriendly people. And number five, people who talk bad about the people of God and try to hinder the work of God. And here's the deal. It all stems from a lack of real faith. It all stems from a lack of truly believing God because here's what you need to do. You need to believe that God can fix you. Come play something for me, Ken. You need to believe that God can fix you. But see, to do that, see, some people nodded their heads and automatically were in agreement. Before you can even believe God to fix you, you got to be willing to do what many people aren't willing to do. you got to admit there's something wrong with you. You got to admit you're not all the way there. And this is where church in America fails so hard. I'm sad for the majority of churches that I've been to in America because I see people faking it, pastors faking it, putting on masks, pretending to be better than they are. I told you from day one, when we started this church 18 years ago, I made a vow to God. I, I wasn't going to act different in the pulpit than I act in the street. I wasn't going to put on a preaching voice. I wasn't going to act 
like something I'm not, and I wasn't going to try to build myself up in front of people. Because if you never hold me up, I can't let you down. The Bible says that you shouldn't put confidence in mankind. You should only put confidence in the Lord. People who've been in church forever, they've learned how to pretend it's better than it is. They've learned church and ease. They've learned how to speak churchy. They've learned how to lie to people who care about them. How you doing today? Oh, I'm blessed, highly favored, above and not beneath, always ahead, never to tell. I'm just so good in God. God is so great. God is faithful. Oh, I love him so much. You cried yourself to sleep last night because you're worrying yourself to death. You're worried about money. You, you, you're scared they're going to come take what you got. Listen, they take houses, lands, cars. They, 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 I already told y'all, don't, don't shop on Discover. I, I met somebody one time was was a lawyer for Discover that shows up in bankruptcy. They're the only credit card company that'll show up at your bankruptcy and take your fishing pole back from you. You use washer and dryer. They want it all. They come take all that away from you. But if you're saved, they cannot take away your salvation, and they can't take away the home that God has for you in heaven. You got to believe that you have room for growth. We probably don't have any natural eunuchs in the building, any natural Moabites or Ammonites in the building, but we got hurt people in the room. You got to admit that and, and, and admit the fact that it's caused me to put up walls and to protect my posture and not be as open. I've been there a lot in my life. I've, I've been castrated spiritually. I've, I've, I've been hurt so bad spiritually that I've just shut down functioning. But I know God can fix all that. You've got to believe that there's an area that God wants to fix in you, and then you've got to believe that he can. See, the Scripture says that he's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or think. God can touch you where you hurt and make it better. God can help you, but you got to be willing to do something. So here's my punchline. If you've been wounded in the past, you got to let it go. That's not always easy to do. And people tell me all the time, but you don't know what they put me through. I don't have to. I know God says you have to be forgiving. You got to let go of that pain because you cannot hold on to God while holding on to your pain. You got to let go. Being defensive and protective, that's not a posture that pleases God. It's not a posture that yields to intimacy. Maybe you've been spiritually castrated. Maybe you've been hurt to the point where you just don't ever see yourself being able to be all that you used to be, even spiritually. You got to believe big things from a big God. My proof text to prove to you that God still has a purpose and a plan for you, that all is not done with you. My proof for that is the fact that you're still alive. If God was done with you, if God had done everything in you that he planned to do with you, you wouldn't be here anymore. So you got to open your posture up. you got to open your arms wide to embrace God, to embrace God's people. you got to embrace the plan of God. Can't do that. You got to make sure 
that you're the wise person and not the foolish person. When you get corrected, you got to embrace that. And be glad you learned something. Now you can go a better way. If you've been like the Ammonites, if you haven't been giving, if you haven't been supportive, listen, it's not just our church. It's not even just church in general. It's every organization. Every organization talks about the 80-20 rule. Every organization talks about it's just a handful of people doing all the work. Uh, they talk about 20% of the people do the majority of the work, 80% just, just take. Well, I think church goes higher than that. I think in church is about 5% of the people do the majority of the work and the rest people take. If you've had that Ammonite lifestyle, I want to tell you something. The greatest thing you can find in life is closeness to God. You can't find that being ungiving. You can't find that being unsupportive. And you can't find that being unfriendly. Well, that's just how I am. Good news for you. God's willing to change you. I know this because he's changed me. If you've been like the Moabites, if, if, if you've just gotten into that habit, and listen, some of these things are just habit forming, and that's why you need to be careful about your behavior. If you've just gotten into that habit where you just talk trash about everybody, if you just run everybody down, if you just bash people out of your mouth, if that's just how your life has unfolded, and, 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 and here's the thing. With a degree, with a, I minored in psychology, I can tell you this. People that do that, they're upset with themselves. They, they, that hate coming out of their mouth is because they hate their life. You can't embrace God hating the life that he's given you. You can't embrace people hating yourself. Jesus said you've got to love others the way you love yourself. You've got to get your mind right. And if you've been living like a Moabite, you've been saying bad things about God's people, if you haven't been supporting God's work, some people never come out to a night of praise and worship. Some people don't even come out to a free cookout. Oh, it's just hamburgers and hot dogs. No, it's God's people getting together to obey God and to fellowship together and to live with one another as brothers and sisters. If you want to be close to God, one, one last verse and I'm done. If you want to be close to God, the great news is he's willing and he's here. God said in the book of James chapter 4 verse 8, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Did you hear that? Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Say this, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. That's how it works. You want to be close to God? You want God to be close to you? You've got to make a step toward God. You've got to make a step toward God. I want to give you an opportunity this morning to make a step toward God. We're not going to have an extended altar call this morning. We're not going to have an extended invitation time this morning. But we are going to take time to spend in prayer. We're going to take time to spend in prayer. I'm not even going to have you stand up. I'm going to just have you pray where you sit. But here's the thing. If you want someone to pray with you, I, I want to get a couple people. Uh, let, me, let me get some people on the altar, some people I've already talked to about praying. 
uh, if you're willing, if you're here today, and, and I've ever talked to you about coming to the altar to pray for people, I want you to come on. Uh, I want you to come and let one of these elders, one of these ministry workers pray for you. If you've been wounded, if you're hurt and you're having trouble letting it go, I want you to come and I want you to have one, uh, men come and let a man pray for you. Women, let a woman pray for you. If you have hurt and you know, and you're willing to say, I, I, I need to get closer to God, but I'm so protective right now because I've been hurt. Listen, you're not a bad person because you've been hurt. Whoever's fault it was, it was what it was. You can't change the past. Some of us have done things. We hurt ourselves. Some of us put ourselves in positions that caused us to become hurt. Some of us were just innocent victims and people heaped hurt on us because they were evil. We can't change how it happened. We can't change that it happened. But we can begin to deal with it and ask God to bring healing. There's healing in the name of the Lord. There's healing in the name of the Lord. The Bible says that you got to confess your faults one to another and pray for one another so you can be healed. If you have hurt in here today, if you're so wounded that you really have just shut down altogether, you're just completely private member cut off. You're just spiritually castrated. You know that you're not even a portion of the saints you used to be. You can't even imagine fully serving God ever again in that type of vibrant capacity. I want you to come and let one of these counselors pray for you. If you're here and you know that you haven't been giving the way you should, you haven't been supporting the way you should, you haven't been showing up and showing out the way you should, I want you to come let one of these saints pray for you. If you're here, the only group of people that I want to pray for this morning, you any other reasons, you, you got a reason you go pray, let one of these people pray for you. But if you're here and you're not sure that you're a legitimate child of the Father, I want to pray for you today. If you're here and you, or maybe you even know, I ain't even saved a bit. Maybe you know that it's not well with your soul and that you're not close to God because you're not saved. I want to pray for you because the Bible says that if you will call on his name, he'll save you. So here, here's what I want to do. Everybody in the room, all, all of us have been on these levels at some point in our life. We've all been touched by these five levels. So what I want everybody to do is to bow, just take a moment and pray. If you'd be willing to say, you know what, I really, the Bible says draw close to God and he'll draw close to you. I'm not talking about ideology. I'm not talking about in some kind of uh, intrinsic way. I'm talking about in a literal way. You want to, you, you say, I'm ready to get closer to God. One of the ways that you can do that be by stepping out of your chair and coming up here and saying, I'm going to have a person of God pray for me today because I'm, I'm really ready to move closer to God. The Bible says if you confess uh, God, if you confess Jesus in front of people, Jesus will confess you before God. There is a power in stepping out. There is a power in stepping toward. And I'm going to give you an opportunity today to step toward God. If you want one of these uh, uh, brothers, sisters in Christ to pray for you so that you can stop being protective, so you can get past your wounding, so, so you can be more supportive, more friendly, more giving, I want you to let one in pray for you. If you want to get saved this morning, I want you to come. Let me pray for you with, with heads bowed, eyes closed, Christians all around the room. You be praying right now. Take this time. Talk to God. 
Get closer. If you know how to get close to God, get close to Him right now. If you know how to talk to God, talk to God right now. If you're willing to let a man or woman of God pray for you, you come now. While Christians are responding all around the room, you come and do whatever it is God puts on your heart to do. Let's give this time to God. Don't let this time pass you by. Talk to God right now. You don't have to leave this place with that hurt. The Bible says you can cast it all on the Lord. You don't have to leave this place wounded. You don't have to leave this place worried. You just need to put your trust in God. Talk to Him right now, church. Pray to the Father. Pray for His healing in your life. Pray for His healing in your life. That God would touch you in a supernatural way. Pray that God would step through. More are coming. There's room for you right now. The Bible says if you want to be closer to God, you got to draw close to Him first. Stop waiting on God to do something for you. He already sent Jesus to the cross for you. This could be your day to step out and say, I'm making a determination today. I'm not going to leave here wounded. I'm going to start my healing process today. You can do that in your chair. You can do that up front. Whatever you believe God wants you to do today, I'm just asking you to be obedient to Him. Let God have His way in your life. I want every real Christian in the room to be praying right now. Tell God that you love Him. Thank Him for loving you. Pray that people in this room would accept divine healing today. If you have a physical pain, if you have a physical need in your body and you want prayer, come and let one of these elders pray for you. The God that we serve is a healing God. Believe God for something today. Don't leave this place not knowing what you're believing God for. I want you to believe God for something very specific right now. Some of you want to see God save your loved ones. Some of you want to see God heal your loved ones. Some of you want God to save you. Some of you want God to heal you. Believe God for something very specific right now. Jesus said, ask and you shall receive. Keep asking, keep asking, keep asking. Trust in the Lord. God, thank you for this time. Thank you for every person who spoke to you today. Thank you, God, for allowing us to come into your presence. Help us, God, not to put barriers between us and you. Help us to not put barriers between us and our brothers and sisters in Christ. Help us, God, to follow you with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Thank you for being willing to give us entry into your life. Help us, God, to tear down these walls of separation. Help us, God, to let go of everything that would hinder us so that we can fully follow you. We love you, God. Our declaration today is that you're the living God who was, who is, who is to come. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for healing. Thank you for deliverance. Thank you for life. In Jesus' name, amen. A better life.
Thank you for listening to the AOCF Sound Doctrine Podcast. And visit us on the web at aocfnow.org. Your financial support for this ministry allows us to share the gospel around the world. Your support is greatly appreciated. If you would like to give a donation, please go to aocfnow.org. Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church. Loving God, loving people.